0: Hello, this is Dealcast. I'm Juliana Needham. Today we're talking about one of the most interesting situations in Europe at the moment, the bidding war for Albertus. With us to discuss this is Deal Reporter's Europe editor, Alessandra Castelli, and we're also joined by Will Kane to talk about Premier Foods and the activist investors snapping at its heels. Now, firstly, Alessandra, the Albertus situation seems to change every day. What's the latest?
1: So yeah we have two offers on the table, one is uh, from the Italian company Atlantia and the other one is a counterfeit uh, from the German construction company Octave. And uh, while Atlantia and Abertis are, they seem very complementary because uh, they are both active uh, in the toll roads sector, um, Octave is a construction company um, uh, which is owned by, uh, by ACS. Uh, for 77% um, and the combination uh, anyway of uh, Octave and Abertis is is, uh, estimated generating um, a total of uh, uh, synergies between 6 and 8 uh, uh, billion euros in the next two years so uh, while though the Atlantia offer um, has already received the approval by the Spanish market regulator uh, CNMV and also by uh, the European Commission, Octave still needs to um, get approval by the market regulator and still needs to file uh, with the competition regulator. So there is still a, a way to, uh, to go before seeing actually um, the, the overall outcome of the
0: overall situation. So Atlantia and Hoctave are in the running. Which is the most committed of the two companies and which can afford to pay most? Hoctiv has obviously got the backing
1: of its parent company, ACS. Uh, yeah, Octave's uh, offer obviously is higher because it came after is uh, at uh, eighteen seventy six euros per share, uh, while Atlantia offer is uh sixteen fifty euros per share. Um, but Atlantia CEO um, Castellucci has recently uh, said uh, um, that uh, the. Uh, 16 euros uh, offer of, from Atlantia could could be uh, potentially improved, uh, even though it described the offer as a fair price. But it uh, did say that um, the company is prepared to beat uh, uh, Octave's offer. Some people are speculating uh, the offer could go up to uh, 19 euro per shares. Um, Certainly, uh, Atlantia has said that th- he has committed financing from, from banks, um, while Octave, uh, o- Octave as well he has committed financing, and we also heard from sources that potentially Octave could sell some of, uh, of his own assets to fund the uh, acquisition. So, I think at the end of the day, it's going to be about uh, who is going to offer the best price.
0: Really. So any improved bid from Atlantia won't come until the regulator, CNMV, has approved Hoctip's offer. When is that
1: likely to be? So Octave submitted the offer prospectus uh, at the end of October and then the market regulator has 20 working days to take a, um, a decision from its last question to the bidder's camp. which means that the clock uh, in Spain uh, um, restarts, uh, goes back to zero every time there is a new question. So, so, this in practice means that there is no asset deadline, and um, so the CMVN could approve the offer uh, uh, quite quickly, um, with a decision around uh, January. In, in the case of Atlantia, for example, it, it was approved just over uh, in just over three months. Um, What's going to happen after is, uh, is, is really up to Atlantia, whether Atlantia wants to wait for the CMVN to approve the Octave offer before uh, improving his speed or uh, if uh, um, if we want, if we want to wait for a, a so-called sealed en- envelope round uh, at the end uh, of uh, the offer period because now the timetable of the two offers are aligned
0: once the regulators approved Ho's offer could Atlantia um, would Atlantia's new offer
1: should they make one? Then have to go back to the regulator. Yes, they would need to, but that would be like a quite quick uh, process. It would be much quicker than uh, when they filed the offer
0: prospectus. Because they've already approved the original offer. Exactly. Okay, so one to keep an eye on. Thanks, Alessandra. Now, coming to you, Will. Premier Foods, their brands include OXO, Saxa, Ambrosia, Mr Kipling's and Charwoods. And the company's also got a non-branded food business. We've got two activists in this situation. Firstly, can you explain why Premier Foods shares are doing so well after the half-year results? They're up around 8%.
2: That's right, and it was a pretty good first half uh, from Premier Foods after they reported some disappointing first quarter numbers. So there's a bit of surprise that they've managed to turn around their performance so much in the second quarter. We think Premier Foods is an interesting special situation for a couple of reasons. First of all, there's activist involvement. Oasis has an investment in Premier and they're committed to buying more shares before March uh, 2018. There's also Cape Wrath, which is another investor which has taken a position. In addition to the activist interest, there's also uh, some other interesting developments in the industry where a number of the main global consumer brands players Have announced that they're looking to increase their margins in some cases above 20%. And we think that could have some spillover benefits for players like Premier, which are a little bit smaller but may get some incremental volume and revenue growth um, as a result of their rivals moving upwards on margins. And the final thing, really, is that Premier is quite leveraged. So if you do see those sales and volumes picking up and the profitability moving as well, then there's a potential for quite a lot of. Upside if they can get the operational aspects of their performance right.
0: So, a good first half, but the shares are still well down from when McCormick offered a 65 pence a share.
2: That's right, and that 65 pence a share in hindsight looked like a great offer because they're around about 40 pence today. There are a lot of shareholders who are disappointed that Premier rejected that offer, but you can also see the board's argument about why they did turn it down. The valuation element of it is key, really, because if you look at Premier, it's quite a leveraged business, so debt makes up a big percentage of the enterprise value. But if you compare it against peers, it still looks quite cheap, even at 60-something pence a share. So on valuation, you can see why they may not have been interested in that 65 pence, particularly if they feel they can complete turnaround and secure the value they see in the business for the existing investors.
0: So, is there a prospect of another bid?
2: We think a takeover looks off the table in the near term. One of the reasons that we think that is because we've looked at some of the margins of Premier Foods consumer staples peer groups, and the surprising thing really is that Premier Foods has quite high. Margins, kind of at the low end of the consumer brands kind of spectrum of companies, around the levels of companies which you would say might have much better brands than Premier, like Danone and even Mondelēz, and it also has EBITDA margins which are not far shy of Unilever. So Premier has quite high margins already. McCormick up around 19% around the time that they were making the offer, and Premier at close to 17. There's not a huge amount of uplift that they could deliver just by bringing Premier's margins towards their own. So they they may have been a little reluctant to offer much more than the 65p pence a share and seeing as there aren't great opportunities to raise margins in Premier um, at the moment, it might take a while before those industry developments kind of run their course, rivals move to higher margins and then perhaps Premier starts looking a little bit more interesting.
0: We've got two activists invested here, what opportunities do they see?
2: There's an interesting piece my colleague, Dean McGroby wrote recently around the two main activists in this stock, Oasis and Cape Wrath, and really looking at what their objectives are with Premier Foods. Now, clearly, both of them are not going to be disappointed if a bidder comes in and there's a new takeover offer where they can make a quick return on their investment. But I think one of the interesting things that was highlighted in that piece is that both activists and Cape Wrath in particular are talking a little bit about operational performance now as well. It's moved beyond just being a pure takeover target. And I think that's particularly interesting if we look at it in the context of those industry developments around margins that we looked at earlier. Because what Cape Wrath is really saying is that Premier is prioritising profit margins above perhaps marketing in the business, and so the opportunity here is as those rivals move up on margins, and to an extent, their margins are going to be driven slightly by price increases on their products. Premier's own brands, within the verticals where it competes, is potentially going to become a little bit more competitive against them. And as we said earlier, it's, it has the potential to drive that volume growth, the top line growth, and the profit, which then kind of creates that virtuous cycle you want in a consumer goods business where you can also then up your marketing spending and create additional volume growth on top.
0: Great, thanks Will, thanks Alessandra and thank you for listening.